The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. The Gospel of the Lord. There's sort of in that first reading like a, a really big, the, the maximum of you sort of, you, you get what you give in a lot of ways. You know, just the idea of sowing a lot of seed will, will bear more fruit. But if you're lazy or even just like withholding in your sowing, you really can't even expect that much fruit, right? Because you just haven't spent that much time uh, doing the work, doing the work of evangelization, doing the work of serving, serving God's people. And um, St. Lawrence is, you know, there's a reason why you notice that many of the saints that we celebrate typically are, are memorials. Usually, often they're optional memorials. Most of the time, I think a lot of the priests who've been assigned here generally celebrate the optional memorial, but you don't always have to do that. But, but most of us in recent time, Father Brent, Father Anthony, myself, like we all tend, tend to do that because the saints are such an important source in our own lives. But today's, you know, the Feast of St. Lawrence, and the reason was because I, he was hugely influential in the time that he lived in Rome. You know, he, so he dies in 258. This is very early on. This is about, you know, 75-ish years or so before, you know, there's going to be legal Christianity in Rome. So the, the Emperor Valerian at that time was, you know, just a, a huge persecutor of, of the Christians at that, that time frame. And um, basically, just three days before his own martyrdom, what ends up happening is uh, Sixtus II and a bunch of his companions are martyred. And he sort of like longs to be with them in their martyrdom. But then Sixtus, on that day, actually predicts, he says, in three days you will join me. And that prophecy uh, comes true. And so there's a time frame there where Valerian, you know, a very greedy man, basically uh, sees that people are very generous with the church. One thing that I often remind people, and maybe you might remind them as well, when they sort of challenge you on this as Catholics, a lot of people see things like the Vatican or see big churches and things like that, and it's just like, you guys have so much money. You know, like this is this idea um, about the church. But you have to realize the same way, and many of you have been here a very long time, the same way that St. Cecilia was built is the same way that these ancient churches in Rome were built. I mean, and it is amazing. Like, you know, granted, every day walking to and from class, how, I mean, there's a church here, and then you throw a rock, and you can hit a church there, and then there's one there. I mean, they're everywhere. But they were built by faithful Christians who lived in those neighborhoods and in those areas who wanted a place of worship. It was their hard-earned money and generosity that built these churches. And in, in a like manner, one of the things that, you know, it's not just one big pot, right? <laughs> you know, the generosity 
to St. Cecilia is what builds up St. Cecilia. And then, of course, and then it goes back out to, to those in need. And one of the things that St. Lawrence does, of course, Valerian's like, he sees all this wealth going into the church, and he's like, oh, they must have, like, untold riches. And so Lawrence is like, I will, um, yeah, I will gather these riches for you. Give me, give me three days, though. It's going to take three days. And Valerian's like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Three days, you know, just imagine the amount of wealth that will be gathered that it's going to take three days. And, and so what does he do? You know, the, the smart and kind of shrewd man that he is, you know, what does he do? He gathers the poor, the infirm, all of the people in Rome who receive the riches of the church and, and truly become the riches of the church. And he gathers them all together in one place. And when Valerian comes, he's just like, here are the riches of the church. It's people. Um, you know, it comes to the church and then it goes back out to you um, when you're in need the most. And, and, you know, just imagine that scene, how furious Valerian just must have been. I mean, furious enough to, of course, uh, put Lawrence to death. But, but just his spirit of, of martyrdom that he shared, and there is an age of that that we call the spirituality of martyrdom. Many of the people then, it's different now, right? It's not likely that we would be martyred for our faith, but it was like a specific spirituality of that time because of the necessity of that time that many people knew by expressing their faith, especially in a public way, meant that they would likely be killed for it. But Lawrence, on that particular situation, of course, they say, you know, he joked with his executioners. And, you know, and there, there's a couple different ways you hear it. Like, they, they actually, so they basically grilled him on a grate. That was, his, that was his death, which is a horrible execution. And, you know, he was reported to have said, I mean, there's many people there. He was reported to have said, um, I'm done, you can eat me now, um, you know, I'm done on this side, you can flip me over now. There was different things like that people had reported that he said while he was, while he was experiencing his own martyrdom. But that gave people courage because he was not afraid in the face of that super difficult trial that he faced. And, and something that's not super well known about just the diaconate in general is that uh, they, they were given special charge of the precious blood of Christ and the distributor of the, the precious blood of, of Christ. And it still is supposed to be that way, but, you know, things are sometimes a little bit different in the modern world. But, um, so just like he gave his blood for Christ, you know, that's what he also cared for in his diaconate, in his service to the church. And at that time, it was so unbelievably important. You know, he was the head of, of the key seven deacons that were in Rome in that time period. So just the sheer amount of people that they must have served at that time. And the reason that we celebrate a feast day for him is because it created a massive conversion. You know, we think about like Our Lady of Guadalupe in, in Mexico, a massive conversion of people. That's what it was like in Rome. Maybe not even to the same, quite the same scale as our Blessed Mother, but many, many people converted because of his work and his service to them, and then also his subsequent martyrdom. So it created a huge, you know, groundswell and wave of Christian converts in Rome at that time. And so he's, he's a great saint and a great, you know, example of us of what service and sacrifice looks like. God bless you all today.